Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and I'm here with Matt Leach. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Did you have a good one? Yes, uh, I had a great one. Yeah. Uh, first Christmas with our newest family member. Did she Did she even know what was going on? I, I remember being really excited about the sort of first Christmases and then just realizing that they they probably didn't know what the hell was you know really happening. Yeah, who knows? She smiled a lot, so that was enough. It was it was great for the whole family like to get to actually physically be hanging out with each other for a couple of weeks. But it's great to be back doing ADR this year, although it's been a bit of a tough time between uh, this episode and the last one we've done with all the bushfires happening all around our wonderful country. Uh, for those listening that have been affected, our hearts go out to you. For those outside of Australia, I'm sure you've heard about the devastating fires. Um, we thank you for your support. I'm sure most listeners have already donated what they can, but if you haven't, please consider donating. Um, we'll leave some links uh, to some of the charities that the ADR team have, have chosen to donate to um, if you're looking for some quick links. Um, but Matt, you're in the Blue Mountains, so what's it, what's it been like up there? Yeah, well, listeners may be able to hear the sound of rain coming through the microphone as I sit in my little studio, rain coming down on the tin roof, which is a really welcome sound. It's been nerve-wracking, but really, compared to what other people have been through, we've had it so easy. I mean, it seems a bit silly to talk about the fact that we've been unable to go outside due to the smoke or that our clothes have all that smoky smell or, or the grass has all died in our garden. You know, people have lost everything, like whole towns have disappeared. In this episode, actually, we're speaking to Tegan Watton, who's the design director of Space Between in Melbourne, and a lot of her story is about growing up in the bush. The fires made their way down to Bega Valley and wiped out a fair bit of her hometown of Cabago, and it's still burning through the bush and has destroyed a lot of her family property home in Wendella. This episode was recorded before all this kicked off, but we've been in touch with Tegan quite a bit, and she's asked if we could do a special shout out to the Red Cross bushfire appeal, of which she's supporting, and she's asked if we could remind people who live near the bush to make sure they are fire ready and have a plan. We all know the dangers of the Aussie bush in summer, but still... The ferocity of this fire has taken us all by surprise. My dad's a volunteer firefighter and some of the scenes he's been describing to me, I can't even fathom it. It's like it's something ripped from Dante's Inferno. Yeah, well, I'm just glad that you and your family are safe. We've been keeping in touch kind of every now and then. And every now and then you're sort of like, yeah, we're all packed up. We're ready to go at any moment's notice, which is a bit bit terrifying and, um, you know, safety first. So I'm really glad you guys are all safe and sound. Yeah, it's been a really weird one. The girls have been evacuated twice and I stuck around for a little bit longer just in case there was like an ember attack. And it sounds, that sounds like really brave, me and the dog, you know, waiting for the ember attack. It's really just meant that we sat inside and watched Netflix <laughs> and just kind of checked apps constantly to see what was happening. Right. But it's um, Before we begin though, I, I want to mention Streamtime as well. They've been a major supporter of ADR and everything we do. And this is something you and I have been talking about, Flynn, speaking to Andy the other day and just talking about giving money to Bushfire Appeal. There's many ways that people or businesses can give, which is not only money. So, for example, Streamtime is actually spending a whole day with their staff, volunteering at a warehouse, sorting through all the physical donations because there's been so many physical donations come in. There's just not enough people to kind of go through it. Mm. Yeah, big big thanks to, to Streamtime for their um, ongoing support. And um, But would you like to further introduce our guest? Yes, we should. So, Tegan Watson, absolute legend, coming to design on a weird path from basketball, finance, definitely not the obvious path. What I love about this episode is she's so down to earth. She really wears her heart on her sleeve and she calls a spade a spade. Any more figurative expressions that you want to add in <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was a great episode. We spoke about growing up, uh, her growing up in the bush as a way of living and not just as a place, which was really kind of beautiful. Um, yeah, being discovered as a basketballer off the street at the age of 18. Uh, we spoke a lot about the idea of home, where you live and where you feel safe. Or as Tegan puts it, like liquid. Yeah, that, I really love that bit. She really loves side projects as well. So we spoke a lot about Eat Town and Ladies Wine Design, which she runs the Melbourne chapter of that. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So let's talk about your history. because. Yep. According, well, from what we've seen yeah. on your on your history, there's a bit of a strange career path because mm. starting like firstly, you're from you're not from a city, no. So, w- talk us through where you're from and yeah, I'm from um, like I was born in the suburbs in Wollongong, so mm. I wasn't born in the country, but my memory kind of is of the country. Like there's snippets of suburbia, but not really. Um, but from the far south coast of New South Wales, so. It's just over the Victorian border, um, about six hours south of Sydney, but um, really beautiful like coast, but I grew up in the bush, so a little bit inland, um, like half an hour drive to the water. And it, I mean, it seems weird that we're like, we're bringing out like, oh, you, you grew up outside of a city, but like in your website, you like, it's a, it's a thing that you kind of I've, identify. A- yeah. And I do, I think, cause I connect really, I connect a lot with that not necessarily the place but the feeling that you get in that place Mm. and because I'm from such a big family and that's you know I'm one of six kids um kind of that's what my life was so and then obviously the setting that that existed in was like in the bush and not just because like I grew up in a house in the bush like when we moved to the country there was not a dwelling there was only like a small cabin maybe by like six by four meters wow. there were eight of us there was no <laughs> bathroom no running water no electricity like so when i say like i grew up in the country the bush like i we were boiling water outside we were using like a toilet we were bathing like i bathed in a creek for a year like there's not wow. there was no like no luxuries about it yeah we lived off candlelight if we were lucky the generator would last for us to watch like home and away which didn't have reception <laughs> anyway it was just the sound so when Shane died. And Shane and Angel, well, like, spo- I only heard it. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, guys. I only heard it. I didn't actually see it, but I cried for like two weeks. So it was pretty. Wow. Yeah. So, like-, like, very kind of. So that's why I think I identify with it. Is it because was because it was really a way of living, mm-hmm. not just a place that I grew up in. Wow. So, Can I ask why you were living? Like, were you building at the same time? Uh, it, Dad didn't. So everything that's built, Dad did by himself, like with a few people, you know, working bees, mm. yada, yada, bit of like swapsies, you know, country life. But he kind of did everything from hand and like didn't grow up with much money. So kind of lived week to week and he just did things as they could. I mean, a few years after moving there, mum... She always bought lottery tickets and she won a hundred grand and a hundred grand for like a family of six kids where you got no money, no power. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. And so we got power on the property. Wow. Um, but certain things happened, like we more things happened with the house and more things were built as something kind of happened. Like I got third degree burns because I was bringing water inside. Oh. And I went to hospital. So then dad was like, fuck, I've got to put like a bit of better hot water system in. He did. You know, so it kind of, 
I guess that's why that's my first line on my website is just like I'm from the bush because yeah. mm. and I do a lot with my hands or I don't actually do so much with my hands now but I try to so it's really um I don't know it just feels right because that's how I grew up like collected firewood chopped firewood you know we had to sometimes hand wash our own clothes like there was lots of that type of stuff so yeah like I mean lots of shit with my hands so that's why I like doing that now Mm. and I guess that's why I also love being it one of the reasons I love being at Space Between is because it is very hands-on right because we work with um side by side with Boom Studios like our kind of same company but different like our production partner so you kind of get in the mix of it and when I'm I don't really like staying still when I'm not doing something. I'll do something with my hands. I might like embroider a t-shirt or Mm. I'll start sewing or uh, that's why I do like love letter pressing. And that's why, I don't know, I just kind of am making shit. And Mm. it's it's also that whole, I mean, a a lot of of what we do as designers is kind of a lot in the head sort of thing. So actually getting Mm. out and doing something with your hands. So I I live in the country now and... uh, for a long time I'd, I'd loved going out and just building a fence or something just to like to build something and then look at it and go oh, I did that yeah, yeah. I, a lot of what we do is very kind of up in the air and yeah and you can show people like well not even show people you can show yourself what like you said what's in your head and then it happens and you're like oh it's probably not how it looked in my head it's kind of like when you read Harry Potter and he looked like something and then you saw the movies and it was like that dude doesn't look like Harry Potter but now you think now like the book Harry Potter that you knew doesn't actually well I'm thinking about Home and Away and you imagining what Shane actually yeah, looked like I mean I did know but then <laughs> at that point I didn't see him die thank god that would have been really traumatic have you ever gone back and dug oh, I've the seen footage? it yeah. you've seen it the, yeah. the curve yeah the, the cliff yeah was it everything that you heard it to be i don't know i still have a dita brummer pillow that says good night sleep tight so it's still it, i still hold that pretty close hold to it my close yeah still um, hurts still hurts sorry to bring up um the past so you were talking about hand and tactile and mm. um like the letterpress stuff and i think that's something that's something that we did notice when we we're kind of looking like like your interesting interesting journey when did the letterpress when did you start working for the letterpress company what was that yeah because you've been in finance beforehand for quite a long time yeah so for a while so like when i first left home when i was 18 i was always like i gotta get the fuck out of here there's i mean it's awesome but there's batshit boring if like i mean there's just nothing to do really yeah. i mean there's mm. lots to do but there's also equally nothing to do for an 18 year old girl who just wants to get the fuck away mm. so i moved to sydney Never played before really, but I got spotted by a basketball coach. Started playing a bit of ball, got like a scholarship to a D1 school in America, but they sent me to a junior college first and it was all a bit all a bit weird and wild. So I and got there and I left three months later. And we should just mention, because you, you are very tall. Yeah, I'm six foot six. So like it's... Yeah, so that, and, and that's probably where the basketball... Oh, definitely. Like you don't just... Someone doesn't just see a person and be like, oh, they walk like a basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it was pure. It's a pure no. <laughs> it was a pure height thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a crack because like I think a door opens, you walk through it, yeah. see what happens. Mm. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you, and so why whatever. So why didn't it work out what, in um, hindsight? I guess you have... To, I mean, I wanted to give it a go and I really liked it, but I didn't live and breathe it. And I got there and these girls were like... They were so passionate about it. And I was, I guess I'm really passionate about just trying and giving something a solid crack. And if it works, then amazing. And you find another passion within that. 
but for me basketball wasn't but really I got there and it was they neglected to tell me that it was like a hardcore Baptist school I'm not like I'm atheist but I'm all about coexistence but like it was hectic like it was really full on Mm -hmm. and I got there and I'm like I'm 18 I'm I'm an adult and (laughs) I get to say what I want I did my time Three months you know, is quite so, a long time to, to last. Like, that's a long time yeah. to be away, especially so young, other side of the world. Yeah, but you have to. I mean, if I left straight away, I mean, I tried, but they pushed me to do certain things and there were flags. Like, in hindsight, there were definitely flags where I should have been like, oh, this is all a bit weird mm. with what the coach was saying and stuff to me. But, you know, you push through because you see something at the end of it. Like you see potential until like you really just like got to call it. And I never, I grew up in an environment where my parents didn't push me to do anything in particular. They would just like, you just do what you want, do what feels right. And that's the right thing to do. Like Mm. I wasn't pressured to get perfect, like, you know, perfect days and shit at school. It was... um, do what feels right and make sure you're happy because really, fuck it, everything else, like, doesn't mm. really matter. So I got there and it was at one point and then the coach was just, like, being a massive dick to me. And I was just like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm out, I'm just gone. I'm not, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not putting up with this. Mm. And so then I left, like, the next day. Mm. And, and left, did you come back to Sydney? Did you go back? I was like, I want to go move to Melbourne. So then I moved right. to Melbourne. And then I just started working um, and I started working for a finance company and then kind of just worked my way up into like a, a, not a manager's role, but kind of like I was looking after like settlements and coordinating all that type of stuff. Always been interested in art and um, creativity, but not and making, I guess. Um, growing up in the bush and the country, you don't even really know that design is a thing right. until a little bit later. And I'm like, well, you can, you can make money for well, some Well, some money. people can. <laughs> some people can <laughs> make money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know design was a thing. And then you get to a, you're like, wow, this okay. Right. And so I was working, like I was deep in finance and I, I then also traveled for like 10 months. I went away to America and Europe and I worked and lived for a little bit in Paris. And I came back to, I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to do finance, but I wouldn't mind getting into something else. So I applied for a PR course, which I'm happy I didn't get into. <laughs> but I came back hoping to be shortlisted because I was on one of those flexi flights. It's like you got a book, but if you you got to book six weeks in advance. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll come back and I'll get shortlisted and awesome. I'm going to do PR. And I didn't get in. I got back and then I got a letter to say, no, you got X'd from that. So I started doing a, a media, media studies course or something. But some of the core units were design. And so I was like, I'm flipping. Like this actually I can. Mm. I knew that before that that's, you could do it, but. I kind of discovered that like I was more interested in that as a path. So I just started doing that and I worked full time and studied full time and I'd show up to class in like my finance clothes right, and like right. heaps of cool kids and they're like cool shit and I'm so not cool <laughs> and but I don't give a fuck like whatever. I was there to just absorb and learn yeah. and get mm. to that next point in my life. And Well, you, you kind of had a need as well. It's yeah. like, you know, you weren't turning up just because you were told to do it or nah. had nothing else to do. It's like this is – it was a, something was driving you yeah. to kind of keep on. And so is this where 
um, Bags and Bruno. So, yeah, I, pro- I forget when I did it, but I did a course with Carolyn Fraser, who is like letterpress goddess. She's amazing. And I just really loved it. And I did it because a friend of mine had done it uh, six months before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a weekend course with her. I think there was three other people in it and it was letterpressing and typesetting. And I just loved how hands-on it was. And I don't know, it's really something really beautiful in how simple it is. Even though like now, like my approach and my design is not simple. I like more shit going on. Mm-hmm. I'm not a minimalist. But just the process because you slow down as well because like you live in the fast lane. We all live in the fast lane and that kind of makes you slow down when you're turning a machine that is like 1.25 tonnes. Got to tie your hair up in case your hair gets caught so it doesn't get ripped out of your head, yeah. all mm. that type of stuff. So, And the smells and the yeah, sounds. So and, beautiful. Yeah. And it's you can't explain it to someone until they're doing it and then they're like, oh, wow, yeah, I get it. I mean, some people don't, but whatever, you know, <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, um, why, why Melbourne instead of Sydney, just out of curiosity? Cause, and the reason I asked you that is because I was going to ask you before, why Sydney instead of, because you had Canberra there as well. I know oh, from Canberra. Students in that area. Well, I just know from my short amount of time yep. in education that a lot of people in that area would either go to Canberra or Sydney. Yep. So you kind of went to, you ended I, up at neither of those I places. Probably Sydney because I had family in Sydney yep. to begin with. Yeah. I love Sydney and I loved it, but I think because I'd just been there and then the whole thing with the basketball situation and I just didn't really, I just wanted a fresh, yeah. just mm. give something else a go. Yeah. And my sister did live in Melbourne for a bit and I really liked it when I would visit her. So I just thought, oh, I'll just give Melbourne a crack. Mm. And cool. now I've been there for 14 years. Wow. So yeah. Home. it Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like it definitely is home, but also... You never, I mean, I only really feel settled when I'm in Wandela, like in the bush, like when I'm inside or outside, but it is home, but you forget, I don't know. Do you, do you feel at home here? Do you, are you from Sydney? Yep. I'm from Sydney. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So you probably do feel at home, right? Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know whether, we, I've been talking about this a lot with my wife recently and just where is home? Yeah. And, and I don't know whether, there's moments when I appreciate where I am, but I don't know whether there's ever a home. There's two times that I really love Sydney, mm-hmm. and that's when I was flying back in from a really long time not being in Sydney. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, and I agree with that. Both of those times is when I when I personally realised, went, God, I'm just really, really happy to be here. Like I enjoy mm. this yeah. space. And it just, could, it just, could be just a safety. Feel, re- it could feel be really speed. lucky to like very you know, lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when you fly into Sydney, there's there's something special about seeing the bridge and seeing the Opera House and seeing the yeah. beaches. And, it's pretty beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And bad. what was the second time? When I went away again. Right. And I came <laughs> yeah. back in and I was like, I wonder if I'm going to feel that feeling again because, you know, I love traveling, love being other places. Oh, so but coming back in, it's like, yeah, I feel it again. So they were actual times, not just like... Physical times. Yeah. On okay. the plane, coming in, going, yeah. gosh, great. It's a really good place to be. It's home. Yeah. I think I know that Melbourne, I mean, Melbourne is home, but I know that it's not um, like my gut or my like mm. my my oh you know like it doesn't feel so like like i don't feel like liquid in melbourne yeah because when i leave the bush i get the post coast blues right and i'm just like fuck this shit fuck everything <laughs> you know i just want to like wrap I'm off i'm out of here and i've only been back like 12 minutes yeah. but i think that i know that 
even though it is home and I love it and probably as far as I know right now in Australia, that's where I do want to be. And obviously for the last 14 years I've known that, but and that could flip at any point, but it's not doesn't ripple like yeah. 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 So let's talk about your time in Melbourne and working in the design industry. Now, you obviously do ladies wine and design. Yep. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, ladies wine design is an initiative started by Jessica Walsh in New York. It's to empower female and non-binary creatives. So it's just about more equality in our industry and recognizing people for their talent and not their gender. I guess it's just about empowerment. And I mean, the way that I see it, it's not about doing things and moving ahead of someone. It's like linking arms with everyone and moving forward together. When, when you got involved, was that at the beginning of the chapter in Melbourne? No. So, the chapter started about six months before I started hosting it. Mm-hmm. It was a girl called Ari. She's from Barcelona and she was in Melbourne for work and then she was leaving to move to London. And I had already gone to a few of the Ladies Wine Design events. I really enjoyed them because, I mean, it was just a safe place to talk about your experiences and have other people um, talk about them too and connect. Um, it's quite small as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, there's the format that Jessica has is quite small and we've kind of adopted that, but we also then do some events that are a bit bigger as well. So, mm. we do salon nights, which are about six to eight people and then other events outside of that which can vary from like 10 to 150 people which we've done and they're open to anyone and everyone so it's i don't know i guess can i ask you what um before you became involved as a chapter host what made you want to go along for the very first time like what was the driving factor for you to well i worked with ari and ari started the chapter so i went along to one yeah so that was kind of that's just the truth i just she was like, do you want to come? And I'm like, sure, cool, it's awesome. I love mm. the initiative and I'm, I stand behind that and I believe in it, so why wouldn't I come along? At, at that point in my life, I wasn't completely comfortable with where I was at mm-hmm. and I was always really, as a person, like I've always felt pretty like, this is okay, this is who I am, I don't give a shit, whatever. But in my career at that point, I didn't feel like I was going where I wanted to go or felt like I could go. And I think, you know, I started in the industry quite late in, well, not quite late, but I was, I went to uni as a mature age student and then I entered the industry as like in my mid to late twenties. And so I've worked a lot, but not in the industry. And Mm. so personally, I think that, and it's like your work comes from your experiences as much as it does in the studio, Oh yeah. but you don't, people don't necessarily see that when they look at you. Mm. They're like, what's your experience? Okay, cool. Well, now you're ex. Yeah. And I felt mm-hmm. that I had so much more to give and I just wasn't really kind of like, I was it's like, it was like a ladder, you know, when you, it's not even like I was spinning my wheels. Like I kept climbing the ladder and I was in the same spot but the ladder just kept fucking like going down and down and down and down. And I'm just like, I can't get anywhere, but I'm giving it everything. Yeah. It's not even like I was doing the same thing. I was like fucking trying. Mm. And it just wasn't happening. And so that kind of space where I was surrounded by females, I don't know, it just felt comfortable for me to really kind of like open up and explore. And then I got a lot out of that. So when Ari moved to London and she said, hey, Teagues, do you want to host it? I was like, fuck yeah, I will. But then I kind of was like, how do I do this and work full time and kind of try to run my like letterpress love 
because mm. it's not like we've made jack shit money. I spend money on it, but how do I do that as well? And then try to maintain a relationship, give everything to my family that I can and the loves of my life and then give do this justice. So I was like, no, I would love to do this with someone. And I don't really give a shit about ownership. Like I think you, I saw the benefit of Ladies Wine Design and what it can do for people. I don't need to own that. It's not mine. It's everyone's. It's just that I'm driving it. So I asked another girl who was coming to Ladies Wine Design to like help me host it as well. And she was like 100%. So we do that together. And I feel like still since I've taken it over like two and a half years ago, it's still not where we want it to be because it's almost like it's a full-time job to try to make it the most amazing that it could be. And I don't have that time for it. Yeah. And so I want to give it more time, but it's just... Yeah. So I've got I, to release some time in my life to... Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, the reason I'm yeah trying to jump in there is I've had some experience with doing that sort of thing yeah. as well. And I call it an exhaustive project. Mm. So the thing is that you could you could literally spend every waking hour and every moment on something like that and you'll yeah. never there is no end like there is no end to making that as good as it can be what the challenge is is to find the right amount of time to make it as yeah. good as you can make it to fit within all the other things that you find valuable like family and, and did you and do that uh, <laughs> this, this, this is, is this, is, this is, is this is it um, <laughs> that's relating, awesome well relating back to myself though you, you mentioned kind of three core things in there like yeah. and um yeah i couldn't do three at once yeah. i couldn't do career stuff and then two passion things. I had yeah. to let one go, which was Creative Mornings, which was yeah, okay. um, the Sydney chapter, which I was hosting. Oh, you hosted that? Yeah, for a little That's bit. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but then, yeah, like I found that, you know, it was this is what the next thing was. So this is, yeah. this is what we do now. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. So is that still something that you're constantly like battling with? Yeah, or have definitely. you found that you cracked it? Because if you have, no. I'd love to find out how. <laughs> no, I haven't cracked it. Like, has anyone ever cracked anything? Like, never. Like, <laughs> you did, just don't. Yeah. Like, no, if you think you have. I think you can only ever do that in hindsight. Like, in, mm. you know, if, if you left Ladies Wine Design today and then 10 years later, you were like, oh, that was good, actually. Yeah. That, that was kind of working. But yeah. I don't think when you're in it, I, I've never been able to kind of go, oh, this is successful. Or this is where I wanted it to be because yeah. there's always things you can improve. Yep. Yeah. I guess there's like there's right and I mean there's choices, right? There Nothing's right, nothing's wrong. It's just a choice. But if you try to plan something out so much and strategize, it's kind of it's too rigid anyway. Mm. It needs to be a little bit more fluid for me. And I kind of just I'll dive in and it's a bit of a work in progress and it's just like it figures itself out mm. so but every every self-help book you read is always about like plan this plan that oh i'm shocking planner <laughs> i try and i never it never goes to plan the only like my to-do list i mean i the best way for me to actually do something is to write it on my hand and that's my to-do list oh. and then you might go to the gym in the evening and it starts to rub out and you're like, oh, fuck my life. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? So, I don't know. Yeah, nothing is ever going to be perfect, is it? No. But I like that. That's why you are attracted to someone or love someone or attracted to design or, you know, you're into something because there's imperfections in it and that's what is human. Hmm. That's why you like something. Maybe I tell myself that so that all my <laughs> fucked up shit is like acceptable. <laughs> Either way, whatever gets you yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot on, right? A lot of plates. Picking up on that kind of trying to make things perfect, can I, can I tangent to diversity? Because mm. I know you've got a lot of um, thoughts about this. Yep. And I guess my, my point is um, we spoke a little bit on the phone earlier in the week 
I feel like there's been lots of talk about diversity, but I'm not sure whether we've really moved forward as much as we would have hoped. Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk about it and not much action. And, you know, you can only say so much, but what are you really doing every day? And what's your day-to-day, you know? Like, I think it needs to be a constant dialogue. It needs to be an ongoing conversation. And it's just not. I think people, to say it is enough, but really, like, keep saying it, keep pushing it. And there's, you know, when people tell you that, you know, you are angry about it or this, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm angry about it. Like, I feel it. Like, that's that that's happening right now. It's angry is not a bad emotion. It's an emotion that gets people to listen as well. Like, why can't we feel all those feels? Because if you just kind of stay monotone or static, it's like, you're not going anywhere really, are you? Mm. Like, be noisy, make noise. Like, fuck shit up. Like, that's has to be ongoing. Like, it's space between... They get behind this. They get behind diversity and females in, you know, empowering women and female creatives. We're doing something next year and it'll probably start around International Women's Day. But I don't want to define, we don't want to define what that necessarily is. It's like open up the space for people to tell us what they want because like just because I'm a female doesn't mean that I'm right. Like everyone has a voice. Everyone's got something to say get them to talk about it and then do something from there because then it is an ongoing conversation. It doesn't just happen around, is it the 8th of March or something? I don't know. Yeah. Is, it, doesn't, it shouldn't just be spoken about on that day. It shouldn't be just that week where people yeah. are like, hey, listen to me. It's like, no, fucking listen to me every single day because that's when shit changes. And so I think, yeah, things. some things are changing and I don't know everything. I'm just like kind of reading what I read. I've got terrible focus and I can't focus on one thing for too long. So I don't know lots of shit. I don't read lots of stuff, but I'm talking to people and it's slowly getting there, but it really needs to be louder. Yeah. I've been involved in situations before in the past, you know, before my time at Space Between where people are comfortable saying that they support something and really when you're inside that and you are a part of what they Mm. say that they're supporting they're not doing anything they're just it's a token thing it's to get them it's to get their name out there it's to get it's to make themselves sound better right and that's not cool like Mm. for what just so that i don't know i just i don't know is that somewhat is that somewhat worse than inaction in a way yeah fuck it saying you're doing it and Mm -hmm. and not at all doing it is that i mean because I, I agree with you, but but at the same time, is it it's it's better that it's being talked about? It's not good, but it's it's better than not doing anything, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about it now, right? So then yeah. we're yeah. highlighting the fact that it's happening, and hopefully, some people who, you know, because you can lie to the world, but you can't lie in your own heart to yourself. Like mm. people know who they are when they're saying that they're doing something and they're not. Yeah. yeah. So like, go for it if that's what you want to do, but you'll you'll get caught out yeah. sooner or later. Or, you know, like, you you know in your heart you're wrong. So, whatever, mate, just you do you and we're calling you out right. You know what I mean? So, Mm. it's good. Yes, we're talking about it, but it's it's annoying. makes me angry. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, that anger is just an emotion. There's nothing wrong with feeling. That's a feeling. Yeah. Like, it's perfectly human and very good to be angry about something like that. Yeah. I just like the way you said it's, that. Um, it's it, everything that's happening in Melbourne at the moment with the extinction agenda protests 
a lot of people are complaining that oh, it's a bit annoying, and it's like you know, it's it's they're they're being a bit over the top and everything. But if you look at every kind of revolution that's ever happened, it needs to go this far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mar- Marie Antoinette was like, wow, they're really going over the top. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, it, it almost needs to. It, someone um, talking to me about diversity, and they, and they kind of explained that it almost the needle needs to swing the other way. Mm. Um, yeah. Before it can ever hope to be like perfect in the in the middle. Yeah, I agree. It does. It needs to go pretty wild mm. before it's right. Hmm. We're talking about space between. Yeah. Yep. How long have you been there now? Almost two years. Almost two. Yeah. Yeah. So I started in January last year. Cool. So explain to us what 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 is space between? Yep. <clears throat> well, I mean, we're a studio, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a we're a, a different group of people to what you might kind of expect to find in a design studio. I mean, we're all designers in some way, we're creatives in some way, but we're all just people, really. I think at the end of the day. And Dave and Ty have done an amazing job. Dave and Ty have like pulled together this like really awesome team that don't kind of stay in their lane. So like we're not coloring inside the lines. I mean, I hadn't been in design for super long. I come from a finance background. I'm from the bush, but I didn't really kind of talk about my design when I saw them. We just spoke as people. And so they just vibe you. If they think that you're going to be a good fit, sweet, come in, we work it out, we all work together, it's super collaborative. Um, if there's industrial designers, 3D, there's all types of skill sets within the studio, but everyone kind of does everything. And so we approach things, it's quite like it's a little bit blurry, like everyone can do everything, so why not have that approach to the work that we do? Just because your CV says that you've done X for X amount of years doesn't mean that you need to be that particular role or be that particular person. Mm. Um, And that's not really how they see the people in the studio either. So it's just like, who's going to be right right now for this particular job? Let's get them involved, work collaboratively, work with our production partner and go like really end to end. So from inception to execution, like we're kind of really involved from the very beginning through to the point that it's installed or it comes to life. I don't know, we, it's not like we come from traditional design backgrounds. It's pretty like random group of people. Mm. I don't know if that really makes much sense because I don't know if there is anything like, can you really define what something is? Well, I think some studios you can. Like some, like yeah. I think that's kind of the distinction. Like, you know, we could certainly on this show and certainly, you know, sometimes you look and go, okay, cool, that that's a branding company and their yeah. output is this and these are their yeah. clients and their yeah. processes on the front page of their website. Yeah. yeah. And their, so I their guess packaging or yeah, that kind of it's you can pigeonhole a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so even, yeah, you're yeah. right. So like I guess just for us in comparison to 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 that type of of you know, company, it's mm. quite unique. It's, it's quite interesting, very, very different. And it's a wacky website and I really like whoever designed it. Yeah. So if you could pass that on, I really like it. You, you cool. do like it? Because yeah. you weren't sure about it at first, were you? Yeah, but then the more time I spent on it, the more I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is very me. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I guess like the You're trying line- to find information and then I'm like, oh, it all went blurry when yeah. I left the page there for 30 seconds. <laughs> Everything, the whole website goes, but anyway. But I think that's... Um, 
And on the front page, there wasn't, but there is now. It's like we're led by ideas instead of rules. That was my follow-up question. Yep. Mm. Yep. That's not just like our approach to work. That's the, how the guys roll as well. They're just like, we can do actually anything, whatever the fuck we want in here. Like we can do, like we can do anything and we will do anything. And there's no ceiling to what you can do either. Like mm. there's no cap. And that's, I mean, not to always tie it back to this, but especially as a female, like to hear that, to be given trust and to be given no cap to what you do is pretty incredible. And so that's kind of our work and that is also how they treat us as well. So, and it's not even like how they treat us because they both come from sport backgrounds as well. So it's super team vibes in there. It's like, mm. you know, like we're not like huddling around and shit, but it's really <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just, we're just, we're mates we're colleagues we're comrades like we go to water together every day we hang together we rock together like and we work together and i think if you live in and you exist in that type of space then that's when you get the best work out of people so what what sort of clients do you have we work with different clients i mean nike's a big client of ours so mm-hmm. we do big um campaigns across like australia for them and activations and pop-ups there's clients like that and then there's local whiskey companies and yep. designers and um sculpture artists pretty diverse yeah but but sounds like more clients that are willing to take a risk yeah i think so i think all of the clients that we work with are pretty brave um in their own way and we might push them too far sometimes but doesn't everyone like you like you said before about like change in the world the needle's got to swing really far one way to get to at least the middle and to Mm. just like kind of be pretty chill there so you have to push your clients like sometimes you want them to be more brave but you know baby steps sometimes um you can kind of go really far down and then they can say actually we need to bring it back a little bit but then you're at least you're a lot further than yeah than you otherwise would be if you didn't really push it yeah that's good anchoring is it yeah matt's got a word for everything (laughs) that's good i like it you know, there was a launch of a, a product and Dave was like, what we should do is we should, instead of get them to wear the product, we should just paint it on naked people. And they were like, yeah, maybe we won't for the launch. <laughs> and so, but Dave was dead serious and that's like, but I mean, I reckon that'd be fucking cool. But, yeah. you know. You get that why not yeah. factor, right? And then you start unpacking But one day someone ideas. will be like, yeah, let's get them out here and just paint them instead yeah. of make them wear the products yeah. like why not yeah so you've got to go there to people say yes and they say no and then they say yes and they say no yeah but <laughs> you know but also what the way that i guess we work is pretty collaborative with our clients as well we don't take what they've told us with a brief and go away and then come back like two three four weeks later whenever it is and be like, ta-da, like we work with them from the very outset, get them across it, get them interested, get their buy-in, get, you know, they get our buy-in from their words and conversations and as well. So you get excited together Mm. from something instead of, so that's also a way that we kind of work in the studio. And I mean, someone came in the other day and said, oh, well, you know, you present us like three options. And I was like, no, we'll just give you one. Because really, like, the other two are going to be, like, a sad version of the one that we love the most. <laughs> and I just don't want to do that. Like, what's the point? Yeah. If we stand behind something and we believe in it, like, we're going to show you that. And if you don't 
jam with that, then we'll just like go back to the drawing board and we'll do it again. But because we work with them from the start, they yeah. should effectively kind of be and, on board with it yeah, because right. they've also had a say in it. That's that's their vision and their voice and hmm. their ideas as much as it is ours. Like you can't really own an idea because it's everyone's idea. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to just jump into another side project that you do, which is uh, Eat Town. Yeah. Tell us more about that. I've got you guys some t-shirts actually. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I was like last minute. I was like, fuck. And I had to <laughs> message my brother up here who does music. So he gets t-shirts made. And I'm like, who can I get a t-shirt made? Because <laughs> I would do everything at the last minute. Nothing is like, <laughs> I'm just deadline. Yeah. So Eat Town. Anyway. Yeah. A few years ago, I was walking along and I'm like, man, there's no place that I can, like what's open at 1am, this cuisine, I got 40 bucks in my pocket, <laughs> what can I eat? Like, tell me. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to eat in every place in Chinatown in Melbourne. So I walked around one day and I printed out a little map <laughs> of Google Maps and I wrote down, every, I walked around and wrote down the name of every single place. And then, but after a while, some guy started following me, had like big, like rings. He looked like a bit of a muscle dude. I, I don't know. It was a bit weird. Like he, it was almost like, I don't know, was he, I don't know, maybe you can't even like, like, like I'm like going to tell enforcer. you anyway, but maybe you can't put it on the thing. But I was like, yeah, it felt like it was like some Chinatown muscle going on. And he was like following me around because I was taking down all the names of every place. Yeah. And then after, and then I walked up there and I started to walk away from him just to see if I was tripping. Yeah. And he kept like following me and I'm like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. So I got to like 70, a count of 72 places. And I was, it's between the arches in Melbourne and then the side streets. So um, Swanston to Exhibition and then Lonsdale to Burke Street. And in that nook is I was like, okay, I'm going to eat in every place. And I don't want to just go there and order what I'd always order. Right. And I'd be like, hey, what's your favorite? Yeah. And they're like, well, the most popular. And I was like, fuck popular. Like, what are you going to rock with? Like, what are you going <laughs> to eat? Right. And so I did. And I got to like number 25. Because the idea was to be this platform for people to go on and just see what food was there like there wasn't something like that for chinatown in melbourne and i got to number 25 and i'm like oh man i can't do this anymore like i'm done and my partner's like no you said yes i said yes like we are doing this i was like okay and i think i'm at like after about a year i did a lot like i did most of them and then you'd walk down and you're like fuck another one closed yeah another one's about to open don't do this to me so it was like but it's now an ongoing thing and it's cool because like I would have gone to the same four restaurants in Chinatown all the time because I know that they're just going to give me my fave. But now I've eaten at the m most of them, probably 90% of them because like new ones open, yada, yada, yada. It's just been fun. And like people are like, hey, Teagues, should we hit an eat town tonight? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Where do you like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And people call me like it's m all my friends, like no one's really that interested in it except me and my like close group of friends <laughs> and my family. Um, but one day maybe it'll be something else. They'll be like, hey, where should I go? It's like I'm going out with eight people. This is our budget, yada, yada. So I'm like, I'll just sling them a name. And it's amazing. You're like a travel agent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chinatown. I should start charging people. Do you still love the food? <clears throat> love it Did so you, much. You loved it beforehand. It was like yeah. just food that you quite like. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so I've got no like, yeah, I don't know. It was also just like a creative project, I think, as well, when you're not stimulated creatively in your job or your life at the time. Mm. 
you look for things to do. Yeah. And this was one of them. It was like, I get to eat and I am just going to draw it. And most of the drawings I do when like I'm half cut because I've just had like four beers or five, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> half a bottle of shitty red wine. Um, and I also just got to, I just wrote some words and I am pretty bad at writing, but it was like my voice unedited, whatever, bang up. Don't even need to like think about it too yeah, much. It's yeah. just like is what it is. Yeah. So as much as it was that, I actually it was a really good creative outlet for me as well for a while. I like the illustrations a lot. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah. What do you do, how do you do them? Do you just I was in doing Illustrator them or with, something? No, nah, with uh, just pen and paper. Yeah. Like um, either Posca or like a Sharpie or a or fine like a pen, depending on how big I felt like drawing at the time. Mm. Um, and then I just would take a photo on my phone. Pull it into Photoshop. I love it. Blow it out. Put in Illustrator. <laughs> yada yada. But yeah. then I got a. I stepped up my game this year and got a pro. So nice. But now I I just don't have time to really. I probably need to blog and illustrate half of them. Like I haven't actually. All right. Kept Backlog. up. I've, I kept doing the thing, but not then the second part of you're, the thing. You're going to need an assistant. I know. <laughs> I'd like one. No, I wouldn't. I don't like. I like to do shit for myself. Yeah. I also love being busy. Like there's. I mean, people always are like, oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm like, man, I slept so good. Like, my head's down. I'm asleep in 30 seconds. Like, I sleep hard and fast, like, bang. <laughs> but then the minute I'm up, I'm just like, I'm on until yeah. the minute I go to sleep. But I love it. So, I am I used to be exactly like yeah. that until probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. When I hit my, like, started to hit my mid-40s. Why did you, did you make a conscious decision to no, I just, um, change lanes? I suddenly just can't fall asleep like I used to. Yeah, okay. So, like, it, 30 seconds was like, yeah, that was like, it was a bang. I'm going to go to sleep now, boof, straight away, and then wake up fresh as a daisy. Yeah. And then just, yeah, lately I just can't. So, now I'm questioning everything. And I'm, like, really mm. worried about how much sleep I'm getting. No, not really. But um, I noticed you've mm. got uh, one of your drawings on your arm. That's not that, my drawing. That's not your drawing. No, that's just because me and a mate just wanted to get a ramen tattoo together. Right. <laughs> so, we did. <laughs> But people say that and I'm like, no, I'm not that, I'm not that um, tidy. <laughs> I'm pretty like, pretty loose in my drawings. Yes. That's us. That's us. We are out of time. Oh, no. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Did I say time. the right things? I don't even know. Yeah. You, well, we, we gave you the script and you went completely off it within seconds. So. Okay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just so it'll be a five minute podcast, guys. Yeah. The introduction will be like 10 minutes and then this the us talking will be five because there's too much other bullshit to <laughs> cut out. It, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun talking to Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. You, talking to you, talking with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Um, so what we normally do at the end is just tell our listeners where they can best find out more about, about you. So Instagram website i see your website usually points to other places so yeah i mean it's tegan watton i think it is it's teganwatton.com.au mm -hmm. but on instagram i'm no nah yeah with two dots in between them okay but like my instagram is just like my life i don't really um, put much shit up there except i don't know whatever if someone wants to go to it they'll see how boring <laughs> or interesting i am depending on what they vibe with <laughs> um but we we but, do have the um, and then the sorry <laughs> Do I say like in space? People know space between. Space you between, just Google yeah. it. And then obviously there's the concept space at the above. We can throw that in. And, and, and which then is really ladies cool. wine design. Oh, and ladieswinedesign.com.au. How do and people get involved in that? Yeah, I mean, just you just hit us up. I mean, if you're in Melbourne, um, it's LWD Melbs 
at gmail.com is our email, but we're Ladies Wine Design Melbourne on Instagram. In Sydney, I guess it's, I don't know. But is if it, you go to the website, ladieswinedesign.com, you can connect to your city and hit up. They'll have email addresses or Instagram handles and you hit them up. You just go on a mailing list in Melbourne. That's what we do. And we just like push out our comms through an email when we have an event and people sign up and yeah, that's about it. Cool. Do you need to be a practicing designer to get involved or do you get students along to those things? Yeah, we do. We get, I mean, whoever really wants to come, you don't even need to be a creative to come. It's for creatives. Like that's what we're empowering, but like there shouldn't be a cutoff for anyone. If Mm. people are feeling it, they're feeling it and just reach out, you know, it's conversations, it's hanging out, it's wine. If you're in finance... Come if you're along. in finance, come along. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I will talk you out of nah. I won't. <laughs> I'll tell you why you should change lanes. <laughs> um, and Matt, where can people find you? Matt underscore Liach. Liach. Well done. <laughs> Call back to you can find Gary me. underscore. Gary, <laughs> yes, Gary. You can find me at Flynn Tracy on pretty much everything. And you can find this episode or more at AUSDesignRadio.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at AUSDesignRadio. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Tegan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.